the official podcast of the Chillicothe Paints. This is Horsin' Around. The latest inside information from the Paints and the Prospect League. Now, here's the voice of Paints Baseball, Jacob Wise. All right, we are right up against it now. The 2023 Prospect League season is just a couple of days away. Uh, Depending on when you are listening to this, we might have just uh, gotten started. But the Paints trying to defend the Prospect League title uh, coming up uh, starting Wednesday on the road against the Lafayette Aviators at 7 o'clock. Just a quick plug, you can listen to that game for free. Uh, on 100.9 WXIZ if you're in the Chillicothe area. If not, we'll have a a free live stream of that uh, radio broadcast uh, the same way we will every single uh, game home and away on ChillicothePaints.com and on the Paints mobile app. Jacob Wise with you. Uh, Glad to have you here as we get set for episode number two of Horsin' Around. And what, what better way to go into the 2023 season than to chat with the new skipper, of the Chillicothe Paints, Michael Boswell. Hope you enjoy our chat. Michael Boswell, thanks for joining us here on uh, the second episode of the season of uh, our official Chillicothe Paints podcast, Horsin' Around. First of all, welcome to Chillicothe. I I don't know if anybody's been able to give you an official welcome yet. Uh, Initial thoughts on uh, things heading into the season? Hey, it's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, No, I'm excited. you know, been talking to to Brian Menino a lot here and there. He's been filling me in about guys we're signing and everything like that. So I think we have a good roster. I'm excited to excited to get this thing rolling. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? Uh, what kind of got your love for baseball started? Uh, so I'm originally from Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, which is like 35, 40 minutes north of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm familiar. Uh, yeah. Geneva uh, College grew- over there that way, right? Yeah. Geneva College, Joe Namath, uh, Orms Donuts are a big thing around there. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a cool place to be. Uh, no, the love of baseball. I mean, so the, my dad tells me the story all the time. Like after I was born, he, uh, he walked me around the, the high school baseball field that I played on growing up and took me to each position and, and stood me on the pitcher's mound and everything like that. And I'd more, been born like, I don't know, a day before, two days before. So that was the that was the first place that I went before I went home. And then ever since then, he was a he was a big major factor in like why I fell in love with the game and, and why I still continue to be in love with this game. So you started you started uh, with baseball at a very early age. Very early. Uh, started throwing and hitting and doing all of the fun things probably when I was like three, maybe four. My dad coached like fifteen and sixteen you around the area, like a local team. So I was immediately around that, around all the older guys. So I was always around, or always around it. And uh, you know, like most pitchers, I'm sure you played all over the place. You know, pitchers. People like to think that pitchers aren't athletic, but you have to be to be a pitcher. You know, what led you to really kind of focusing in and and kind of focusing on being a pitcher? Probably my junior summer, going into my senior year, I played in a uh, a summer league out in Struthers, Ohio the class B league and uh, my head coach out there told me like I was going to start throwing more and more and uh, just kind of went with it. I had grown up being primarily like a, a second baseman, third baseman type and liked to hit. But then once I saw some success on the mound, like I kind of knew that was my ticket into playing college baseball. So I just kind of took it and, and rode with it. 
How did you end up going to Tiffin? What was that kind of recruiting process like while you were still in high school? So it was kind of weird getting recruited here. Uh, my summer coach that I played for, he was kind of an assistant at the time. He uh, he played here at Tiffin for, I think, a year or two under head coach Joe Wilkins and uh, kind of put me in contact with Coach Wilkins and made a phone call. And he was kind of interested at first. Uh, I ended up visiting Heidelberg University, which is also in, in Tiffin. And uh, after my Heidelberg visit, I came over and like introduced myself and uh, came back up probably about two weeks later through in front of our pitching coach, Coach Patton, and Coach Patton really liked what he saw, and the rest is history. I decided to commit, like I think, like a week or two after that. Oh, you had a pretty uh, good pitching career there at Tiffin. Uh, and then, you know, what leads you to sticking around as an assistant? Uh, this place was kind of the only, the only school that gave me an offer out of high school, you know, especially with the, with the portal now and, and kind of how it was towards the end of my career. Like everyone's kind of been like leaving, wanting to go play at a bigger school or this or that. And like, I always felt like a loyalty to, to, to coach Wilkins and our pitching coach, uh, Drew Patton. And I just felt like it was, it was a shame for me to try to leave as a player. And my, uh, my master's degree was going to take a, take a year longer than my playing career. So I asked, uh, I asked coach Wilkins last year if he would like me to stick around and, be a graduate assistant this past year and he was all for it so decided to stick around and finish on my master's well the first time brian menino called me and said hey we're thinking about bringing in michael boswell to be our, our next manager he goes i know he's a young guy but his head coach at tiffin is telling us that he's like a 40 year old in a 25 year old's body <laughs> <laughs> and you know obviously that you know he means that in a good way he's speaking to your maturity but how do you feel about that uh, assessment uh, I like it. Last year as a player, I mean, everyone on the team would just call me old man or grandpa or anything <laughs> like that. So it was, it was quite comical. But uh, but no, I like I appreciate that. I mean, I just tried to try to learn as much as I could from, from the coaches that I had when I was here and wherever I played summer ball out over the years. And I don't know, I really I really do appreciate that from uh, from Coach Wilkins. So you uh, finish up your career at Tiffin, a pretty successful career. Uh, we've posted it up uh, when we announced you being the next manager on, on the Paints website, so anybody listening can go and look up those specific details. But uh, obviously now a grad assistant uh, this past season at Tiffin. Uh, how has your college playing experience kind of shaped the way maybe that that you would like to take in as a coach? Uh, it was a it was a big part of it. I mean, so I actually ran the the strength conditioning program this year at school, and uh, and over my I played six years of college baseball in between, you know, redshirting for a year, and then COVID hit. But throughout those six years, I had uh, I think four different strength coaches. So those all four of them played an influential part in my life, and and wanted me to, and they all pushed me to get better and, and learn as much as I could. So I guess from that standpoint, and uh, I think. Coach Patton was a big, big influence in that. So I, he, he saw it from when I was, you know, freshman, sophomore, and we talked the game and he noticed that like, I was actually interested in it. Like I wasn't just like the kind of guy to just come in and just like throw baseballs and then leave. Like I wanted to stick around and like learn how things actually like operated. And then there was another player, my, or player teammate of mine here who actually graduate assisted at Tiffin University, uh, Brady Ward. He's the, he's a pitching coach down at, uh, Moorhead universe or Moorhead yeah, state. I'm he sorry. played for the paints. Yeah, he did play for the paints and, uh, he was an influential part in that. I saw what he did, uh, went from, from here. I think he volleyed at Cincinnati and Dayton ended up at Western Illinois and now he's down at Moorhead state. So I saw the success that he had and been in contact with him ever since. And, and he 
flat out pretty much told me like, Hey, like, I think you could, could do this as well and kind of piqued my interest and anything to stay around this game. So this is, this is your first coaching job where you're the guy, you're, you're the guy at the top in charge. Uh, have you been kind of picking the brains of some of those guys you mentioned uh, earlier? Uh, have you had an opportunity even to put a lot of thought into kind of how you want to get this season started? Because obviously you were, you were dealing with Tiffin baseball up here until uh, very recently. Yeah. So I've been picking brains left and right, Colin Brady, talking to, to Coach Wilkins every single day while I'm here, just trying to see how he does things, what his thought process is on, th- on uh, building a lineup, putting a lineup together, talking to Coach Patton about it, what he thinks, and then just kind of going through. I've been looking at the roster left and right, and Menino's been sending me guys here and there. So I've just been kind of going through stats and looking at what's seen, how guys have done this past year and what positions they played, how many innings they threw, strikeouts versus walks, like things like that, just to, just to get an idea of things and, and roles guys could potentially slot into. Has Tim Orr lobbied you to play shortstop yet? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> he did text me the other day and say he needs a uh, throwing partner. He uh, he obviously played at Tiffin this year and uh, had some shoulder issues that he's been dealing with, and he's he's on the way back. But he can swing it. He swung it for us all year. Obviously, I think he hit. It seemed like a thousand at one point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he texted me the other day. He's excited to to be back, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun time with him. Well, we're all excited to to have him back. But I think last year, Tim, he came in as a catcher. He he didn't play a lot of catcher. Played some first, played some third, played some right and left. I think he threw an inning or two when, whenever yeah. you know we needed, and then all through the playoffs, Tim had to to go out and play shortstop. And I think he told us it was the first time he had played shortstop since uh, little league. But you know, <laughs> athletes are athletes, and and while he didn't have the best range in the world, anything that was hit within range, he made sure to make the play on. You love those guys, right? Absolutely love love the athletic guys that can just kind of play wherever, and especially a guy like him that's just gonna. He might not be happy that he's playing shortstop, but he's just going to go out and he's just going to go out and do it to the best of his ability. So you you did play summer ball uh, in your your college career. Uh, what can you tell us about that experience and some of the differences between the college season versus what it's like playing summer ball? Yeah, so I played uh, three years, I think it was, in the Coastal Plain League, uh, two for the Thomasville High Toms, and then one season for the uh, the Holly Springs Salamanders. I learned a lot during my time in, in Thomasville. Uh, I played under uh, Brian Roundtree. He, uh, he bounced around. He's a very well-known name down, down in the southern regions and everything like that. But uh, I just kind of picked his brain on, on what he wants to look for and how he wants to go about things in summer bowl. And I don't know. The biggest thing for, for me is the difference in like college and summer bowl is like I don't have somebody as a player – that's there every single day, like trying to tweak mechanics or this pitch or that pitch. It's just kind of, I'll talk about things and try to show you like what has been successful for me or a player that I coached in the past or anything like that. But I'm not these guys like every day coach. They're not going to go back in the fall and they're not going to be with me at, at all times. So if we can talk the game and just help these guys learn the game as much as possible, I think it'll bode well for them. Like whenever they do report back to wherever they go to school at. So learning is the biggest key. I think over the summer. Yeah, it seems like uh, in in my experience, just being around summer ball, there's a reason we call our head coaches field managers in summer ball because there's there's coaching involved, obviously, but it's more tweaking than anything. And the managing aspect of it, like you mentioned, it's talking the game mentally, uh, trying to talk people through things, helping players 
mentally work through the grind of playing every single day for two months, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, people, the, the managers who have been able to do that the best, uh, obviously have, have been the most successful ones, maybe more so than even guys who are the, the gurus of technique and, and the little fundamental type things. But that, that managing aspect of it is a big part of it. Are you, are you looking forward to that? I, I really am. There were guys here at Tiffin this year that I would talk the game with and, and I'd really try to help them out because like all it could be sometimes like mechanical things aside, like it could just be a, a switch that guys need to flip mentally and then they take their game to a whole nother level. And like if I can help a guy get through that mental barrier that they're in, at, like whatever time it may be and take that, take that next step to, to be successful and step onto the field, whether it be for the shit like coffee paints or flip that switch over the summer. And then the way they go back to wherever they go to school. And you know, that head coach is like, man, you really, you really worked over the summer and you got better and you're understanding the game a little bit more. And then they step into a starting role wherever they go to school at. So I'm really excited for that part of it. What kind of manager coach I would say, are you, but this is still fairly new for you. Are you a, are you a small ball guy? Are you a long ball guy? Are you somewhere in the middle or is it kind of one of those things where you're not sure yet? I'd say I'm more in the middle. Uh, I do like small ball. I think there's a time and a place for it, and I think the lineup has to be built correctly for it. But if I got guys like Tim Moore in the lineup, like I'm not going to bunt Tim Moore. <laughs> like it's just plain and simple. I'm going to let him go up there and swing the bat and, and play the game and then have fun with it. But I'm not afraid to to steal bases. I want to I want to play small ball if we're not hitting that night. If we run into a guy on the mound that's it's, you know carving us up and throwing really really well, and like you might have to lay that bunt down and move the guy to second and and manufacture runs so all it takes is to manufacture one run and the rest kind of can be like the floodgates they open up and, and runs just don't stop for the rest of the night you mentioned uh you know having fun with things uh, obviously important i mean at the heart of it it is, is a child's game yeah. uh, especially in the summer with the grind how important is it to have fun at the ballpark every day uh, I think it's the most important part. Like you said, playing every single day can kind of drag on. Guys get sore. Guys get tired. Uh, I know schools send guys out with summer lifting programs that they got to get in, and it can just really tear down a guy's body and, and having fun, whether it be, you know, whatever it may be in BP that day or pregame or anything like that or props in the dugout. Like, I love that part of the game of just letting the kids have fun and there's there's rules going out now you know no bat flips no props on the field and everything like that from from the ncaa and i get it i understand it the old school style of it you hit a home run you just drop the bases and you, and you go in the dugout and you sit down but i don't know hitting's hard and, and pitching is hard and the game of baseball is hard so why are we taking the fun out of it yeah i've been called a game of failure I, hashtag make baseball fun again that's, that's yes that's yes. where i'm at there were a couple years ago uh we had a we had a, a very uh a bullpen full of characters we'll put it that way um <laughs> as a pitcher yourself i'm sure you're you're familiar with uh, some of the antics you can all get up to because you know you're kind of isolated you're not in the game every single day or every single inning you, you do things to to kind of help out your team and cheer those guys on and have a little bit of fun and uh, whenever a guy would hit a home run they would sprint down from the bullpen and somebody <sighs> would carry um one of those you know things that you put you pour the paint in and then you put the roller in <laughs> they'd run down with that, and they'd, they'd rub it in there and then act like they were painting the chest of the player. And yes, they knew that a Chillicothe paint is referring to a paint horse, but that made it even even funnier. Uh, and, and one, I remember one of the umpires really got upset about that and was like, hey, no props on the field. If you do it again, you're going to get ejected. And it was like, wait, what are we doing here? We're playing summer ball. We're trying to have fun. 
you know, baseball is losing numbers enough as it is. Why not have a little bit of fun and allow that? It wasn't taunting the other team. Uh, so have you guys tried to think of anything creative to maybe, you know, skirt around the edges of those kind of rules? Uh, I haven't, but whatever these guys come up with is definitely going to be going to be interesting. So we'll see. I know t- I know Tim Moore is a little bit of a behind the scenes guy, but he'll he'll put his he'll put his two cents in where it matters and, and have something that's entertaining come up and whatever it may be. And if it crosses the line, I'll let the guys know. But if it's if it's fine, then like let them have fun. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned a couple of guys like uh, Brady Ward that you've talked to. Obviously, you've been around guys at Tiffin who have played very recently and even a few years ago uh, for the Paints. What have you heard about being a part of the Paints that has you excited about being here in town this summer? Uh, I heard Chillicothe eats, sleeps, and breathes Paints baseball. So I'm pretty excited to see the crowds that we draw. And I'm excited to see uh, uh, Thirsty Thursdays is one of the promotions, apparently. And <laughs> Coach Padden told me all about that. He actually, Coach Padden actually told me, he's like, ah, yeah, we'll be down there every Thursday to have that deal. I was like, all right, we'll see you then. So I'm excited to see the crowds. $2 drafts and fireworks on opening night um, on the 31st, or on the 1st, on the road, the 31st, home on the 1st to to open it up. Um, So, yeah, it'll be a fun time. And and we kind of joke that, especially on Thursdays, the visitor's bullpen is right up against the uh the beer garden the the party deck out there so i'm sure that's always a fun time for them the paint bullpen (laughs) is kind of in a nice isolated area away from the crowd and you can you can uh, take your time and do your work but uh, those visitors uh, sometimes have it a little bit rough out there on thursdays oh those poor guys down there (laughs) Uh, poor guys have you had much opportunity you mentioned earlier you've kind of been looking at the roster and talking to uh brian menino uh, about the the roster that is going to be in Chillicothe this summer. And, uh, you know, how important is that kind of doing your homework before you get here? Because it's such a quick turnaround. Players show up Monday. First game is Wednesday on the road, and you have to find some way to put a lineup out there, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know yet. That's going to be kind of interesting. I got to talk to uh, to my assistant, Michael, and, and see what he's thinking and, and kind of go from there. Uh, probably going to have some guys throw either bullpens or short boxes just to, just to get a feel of the slope, whether they have been playing recently or not or whatever it may be. We'll take BP. And, and the first night, the first two nights, three nights, whatever it may be, it kind of might be a, a hodgepodge of just kind of putting guys out there and, and the positions that obviously they, they play at school and they're listed in. But, you know what, just like let them go out there and play. And as the games go on, we'll kind of learn more about, they'll learn more about me and I'll learn more about them. And that's a big thing is they got to learn about me as just much as I can learn about them. How much do you think about starting the season on the road? I know it's only one game. Maybe if it's a few games, it has more of a benefit. But I've always felt like starting the season on the road where guys are forced to be you know, in a confined space on a bus for several hours, they almost have to talk to each other. Um, especially if it's multiple days, you're in a hotel room, but you know, four hours there on a bus, you're going to be in the clubhouse for a bit. And then four hours back, how much does that help in a situation like this, where you have a bunch of guys who've never met each other before. And now all of a sudden you're asked to be a team. Uh, I think it's going to play a big role. Uh, I mean, bus rides were always the the best part of, of summer ball as much as anybody wants to say, they'll remember, you know, this at bad or that at bad or this outing or that outing, like, there's nothing better than, than late night drives or, or midday drives on the back of a bus whenever you're playing mafia with all the guys <laughs> on the team, getting to know guys and, and hearing where they're from, their stories, 
why they chose this school over that school or whatever it may be. I think it's a good bonding experience. And, and there's some really good friendships made back there. I mean, I, talk, I still talk to some of the guys that I sat in the back of the bus with, and it's, a, it's, a, it's probably one of the best parts of summer ball. Is Mafia the best bus ride game of all time? Uh, I think so. It has to be. It's, it's got some staying power. It's been around for, for several years now, and they, those games seem to get more and more intense uh, in the back of the bus. Yes, and especially the later the nights go, the louder they get and the more intense they get. I like Mafia because it keeps guys awake. I usually sit in the front of the bus, and then mm-hmm. you know if they go to sleep, it's like the bus Olympics. I've got to climb over chairs and under legs and over legs and... <laughs> You know, Jimmy, my way back through there to get to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And that, that can be <laughs> difficult sometimes with guys laying on the floor, laying across the aisle, you know, all those those different things. Oh, yeah. I remember the bus rides. You got to find a way to make yourself comfortable, right? That's the it's the hardest part about it. And no matter what you do, no matter what you what way you lay, you're going to wake up the next day hurting somewhere, somehow, somewhere. And it seems like one of those things, too, uh, in the whole summer ball experience, sometimes when you're in it, you know, it's tough and baseball's hard enough as it is, but the bus rides, the late nights, the grinds, getting up and playing again the next day, sometimes that can be tough. But as a player, when you look back on those experiences, are those some of the, the best memories that you had playing baseball? Absolutely. I wouldn't trade a single bus ride or a single late night for anything in the world. I would, I would trade anything right now to go back and have one more of those. So what are your goals for this season? Have you had a chance to, to sit down and think about that um, for yourself personally, but also for the team this summer? Uh, personally, I mean, obviously, I want to get my feet wet into this and, uh, and see where this takes me. But I mean, as a, from a team standpoint, I mean, it's Chillicothe paint. I mean, like you guys won the, won the championship last year and it's a, it's a winning program. It's a winning organization. And, and obviously, that's the expectations. That's the goals. So, I mean, going into the season, like we expect to win. And whatever that that takes us or however deep it takes us, the goal is to to get a ring at the end of the year every year. Okay, a couple questions about yourself here before we let you go. Uh, Favorite Major League Baseball team? The New York Yankees. Why? So I grew up a Yankees fan. My dad was a Yankees fan growing up, and the pinstripes are classic, and kind of grew up a Derek Jeter fan, and the Mark Teixeira era with Robinson Cano and, you know, Mo Rivera and everybody like that. So it was fun. It was a fun era to grow up and watch baseball. I was always conflicted because I grew up an Indians fan, now Guardians mm-hmm. fan, and the closest minor league baseball team, really the closest professional baseball team to me was uh, right down the road in Columbus, who were with the Yankees for 25 years. I saw Derek Jeter play in, in 93, and um, Jorge Posada was there, and yeah. you know even, even a little bit more recently, uh, Melky Cabrera played on the same team as Robinson Cano. Like that team was ridiculous. So I always enjoyed those guys, a huge Derek Jeter fan and some of those Yankee players. But they used to be in the same division as my major league team, so it was hard to root for the <laughs> Yankees, uh, the the evil empire and all of that. But I respect the, I respect those of you who uh, you know grew up Yankees fans or those who were fr- are from New York. Like, you know, stick to your stick to your team. And I think there's always been a little bit of jealousy in there as well because uh, you know, my team has certainly not been able to close the deal in my <laughs> lifetime. Uh, but those those Yankees teams are have been so impressive here down the stretch. A lot of fun to to watch those guys, right? Absolutely. What's your favorite non baseball professional team? Non baseball professional team. Uh probably the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's okay. what I'm going with. Why? 
grew up around Pittsburgh. I mean, I get called a Yenzer up here at school sure. all the time. And I always say Yens in my, my messages to the team and everything like that. And they always joke with me and everything like that. But it's, it's a fun town to be from. Uh, Heinz Field, or I don't even know what it's called now, but I still call it Heinz Field. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, sure what they just changed it to. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But no, it's a fun place to be. And I remember going to Steeler games growing up, and it was always it was always kind of fun to to go and watch. You have a favorite childhood Steeler? Oh, uh, probably Jerome Bettis. Same. I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm a Browns fan. Grew up a Browns fan. Dad was a big Browns fan, but. As a when I was a kid, as a, a chunkier dude, as a running back, <laughs> like Jerome Bettis was the the best that it got. And plus, he's he by all accounts just a, a phenomenal human being as well. Yes, I remember there were days like when I was in elementary school, the the Steelers would send guys to to our high school to play against like faculty and stuff like that. And I remember one year like Troy Polamalu came, Jerome Bettis came, Roethlisberger came, uh, Kiesel came, like the whole nine yards, like their whole starting lineup pretty much came down and played basketball against our faculty. And I remember like getting the chance to run around on the court and like be right next to those guys and talk to them and meet them. And it was, it was a cool experience. It's unbelievable how big those guys are when you're standing next to them, right? Oh yeah. Even the guys that look small on TV, yeah. they're, they're still big. Yeah. There, there are no small people in the NFL. <laughs> no. So uh, you're you're a busy guy, obviously. Uh, when you do get spare time, you know what are you what are you getting up to? Man, I haven't had spare time, and it seems like forever. Uh, honestly, when I get my spare time, I just kind of like try to relax, watch Netflix. Uh, recently, my my girlfriend got me hooked on Grey's Anatomy. And okay. I know it's a it's it's labeled as a chick show and That's everything okay. like that, but she got me hooked on that, so we'll hang out and watch that together. But other than that, I like to go work out try to get that in early in the morning so it doesn't conflict with anything throughout the day. So I just try to blow off steam as much as I can when I can. I know you don't know him, but uh, we used to call former Paints player Chad Roberts, we used to call him the mayor of Chillicothe. He, I think he played like four different seasons in Chillicothe. And uh, then he was an assistant coach for a year. And he was my roommate on the road when he was a coach. And his show, it was always, we we're going to watch Grey's Anatomy while we fall asleep. <laughs> so we... <laughs> We, uh, that's, that's interesting that you say that because that's the second, uh, paints, uh, on field personnel that I've, I've come in contact with that, uh, it's a good binger. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. I'm glad I'm not alone too. Yeah. I'm glad there's somebody else out there that likes it. Yeah. That's gotta make you feel a little bit better. I, I, it's funny cause I, I just saw, I was flipping through Netflix the other day and it was listed as a, uh, classic TV. I guess it's been on that long. I guess. I don't know. I, I just started it. So this is all new to me. Okay. What's it other than football and baseball, any other sports you like to watch? Uh I like to watch college basketball a little bit. Not a big NBA guy. I watch games here or there, but uh but it's pretty much just baseball and football for me in the fall. It's it's hundred percent football and you know, like after the World Series and everything like that. But once spring training hits and college baseball gets rolling, it's like that's all that I watch is major league baseball or college baseball or whatever whatever game I can get on my T V I'll get on there. What about college football? Uh, I'll watch it. I used to be more into it, but, uh, you know, as years passed, I kind of like got out of touch with it. Now I don't know who's good. It just seems like Ohio state and, and Alabama are still really, really good every single year. And it's just kind of, those are the teams to, to look out for, see who the top prospects are and everything like that for the NFL. Yeah. I went to school about an hour South of Pittsburgh and I found it very interesting, uh, being from really central Ohio, how Ohio state crazy this area is 
Uh, and even down in Chillicothe, I mean, it's still heavy Ohio State fans. And, you know, that's talked about so much. It dominates talk radio. It dominates newspaper, you know, Internet, all that stuff. And then when I went to Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh area, um, it was all NFL. Um, I guess, yep. you know, Pitt's not been that great. Uh, some yeah, WVU yeah. fans down that way. And uh, uh, I found it interesting that it wasn't the same everywhere where college football was such a big deal. So I always like to ask guys uh, who aren't from, you know, central Ohio or another <laughs> huge college football hotbed area, uh, yeah. what kind of what their thoughts on that. Uh, it definitely changes once you, you know, start recognizing that you're the same age or older than the guys on the field. Uh, it yes. changes. It definitely changes that dynamic a little bit. Yes, I completely agree. All right, uh, Michael Boswell, thanks for joining us here on Horsing Around. Uh, I know you're, you're busy, and we'll we'll talk soon in person at the ballpark. And yeah. I just want to wish you the best of luck this season, and know that uh, if you ever uh, need somebody to to bounce some ideas off of that aren't baseball strategy, uh, you know, I'm here to to be any any resource that you need. Well, hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I yeah. got the chance to talk, and I'm excited to be down there soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, hashtag roll paints. Roll paints, baby. Well, I think you can tell that uh, Michael is excited to not only get the paint season started, but uh, get kind of the first couple games under his belt as the uh, head guy in charge on the baseball field. And uh, obviously a lot of baseball knowledge there. We joked about his uh, maturity. Uh, I, I think some big things coming. And for folks who think, boy, it's a little bit scary bringing in a guy who's never been a head coach before or a manager before. Last year, Jackson White won the Prospect League Championship uh, with the paints, and that was the first time he had ever been a head guy before either. So uh, big things in store for the paints. The roster's looking great. Again, the paints uh, open up the season on Wednesday at Lafayette, 7 o'clock start. Uh, PLTV, if you want to pay for the subscription, or uh, 100.9 WXIZ to hear me on the radio broadcast. Uh, that broadcast also simulcast for free uh, streaming on ChillicottePaints.com and on the Paints mobile app. Paints home to open up the home portion of the schedule uh, a day later on Thursday, 7.05 start against the Champion City Kings. We'll have a post-game fireworks extravaganza to kick off the season, sponsored by 94 Country, and it's uh, also a Thursday, so $2 draft beers from Budweiser. Hope to see you out at the ballpark, and if not, hope you're able to tune in as the Paints get this 2023 season underway. Our big thanks to Michael Boswell for taking some time to chat with us uh, before this season gets underway and hope to talk to uh, some more great guests throughout the rest of this year until next week jacob weiss saying so long on horse and around roll paints